Hey, I get it. You feel stuck, uninspired at work, and you want to live a more purpose-filled life. At minimum, a more creative one. I understand. I felt the exact same way a few years ago. There was even a time I felt lost, hopeless, and even fell into a depression. All because at my core, just like you, I knew I was meant for more. There was fear, overwhelm of not even knowing where to start. I even wondered if it was just too late for me. That's why I decided to create the Goddess Transcending 28 Days to Transformation and Clarity, a course for women of color who want to get unstuck and start living their dream life. I'll be relaunching the course starting in January. If you're interested and you're ready to sign up, simply go to the link in the show notes. If you have questions, feel free to email me or send me a DM. We can set up a free 15-minute clarity call to see if the course is right for you. Again, you'll find all the information in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Hi guys, welcome back to Amiopreneur. This is your host Jacqueline and this podcast features amazing women of color who are spiritpreneurs and creatives. We talk about life transformation from that place of feeling lost and stuck to owning who you are and what you were put here to do. So first things first, I have to apologize for the delay in season three. I have no excuses, just transparency. So as you know, I released my solo podcast for season three. I think it was in late October, early November. And I told you guys how I moved back to my hometown. Well, just like nature has seasons, so do we humans. I decided to let the LA me <laughs> die. And so I stopped trying to produce, to create, to hustle, to make shit happen and just be and heal. And so as we enter 2020, I'm slowly coming back to creating. I am so grateful to the women that I interviewed in season three because I feel like as a collective, we're transcending and allowing. And so that means that for 2020, I vow to be kinder to myself while still holding myself accountable. The only thing that I do feel guilty about is not letting you guys hear these amazing women that I interviewed. Um, So without further ado, (laughs) today's podcast features Patty of Hija de Tu Madre. And if you don't know who she is, definitely Google her. She's amazing and super transparent about her journey, which is why I wanted to have her come on to the podcast. Also, make sure you follow her on Instagram because she is hilarious and so fun to follow. Now, on to the interview. Yeah, so I think that... um... I think it's hard for me to like pinpoint like an exact moment, but I think for me, like I just like always grow up questioning and like very curious, especially like as it relates to like identity and culture, you know, like um, my parents are Mexican immigrants. I was born here in LA and I think like I always grew up with like clashing or like being like very hypersensitive of like how my worlds were like constantly like colliding and crashing and intersecting. And so I think, like, I just, like, always grew up, like, always trying to reconcile and, like, always wondering or, like, always wanting to know, like, you know, like, why don't, why don't, like, Stephanie 
and John's parents speak Spanish? Like, why do they only speak English? Or like, why do they look like that? Or like, why are their backyard parties not like my backyard parties? <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I think that, yeah, I think it like really started as a young age. And I think like that questioning and that curiosity, like really carried over into like what eventually would become Hija de tu Madre. And I think Hija de tu Madre is like me questioning identity as like, a young adult really and how like my creativity how my vision and how my place in society how all these three elements kind of like coincide for me to create a business essentially that like other people who are also questioning and also curious can relate to i also get of course like when i look at your products and now i see more products that are representing our culture and specifically like you know you had the madres like the mexican culture right and i see it's such it's so beautiful and there's a lot of pride in that but i don't know for you but for me when you do talk about those backyard parties like they were so embarrassing to me you know and, and my dad was like mr mexican like he had the total <laughs> He played the loudest Mexican music. I'm like, there was no doubt my dad was Mexican. He wore the cowboy hat. And I was like, please stop. <laughs> and then, like, thinking back, I'm like, well, you know, my dad just had a lot of pride um, in his culture. And for me being young, it's like, how do I find being proud and at the same time feeling like an outsider? Like, you're different. Like, you're weird. Like, you talk funny. You don't pronounce things right. Like, was there ever a time for you that you kind of like maybe had some sort of shame or felt like an outsider? And how did you reconcile like that with you before you had these products um, to kind of be proud that, yeah, okay, my parties do look different than John and Stephanie's, but that's who I am and that is my culture. So how did you reconcile that for you? And then that ultimately turned into what you have now. Yeah, I think definitely, like, shame is so real and definitely, like, one of the stages, I think, of, like, identity reconciliation. So I think for me, yeah, I totally uh, relate to, like, you know, even being ashamed of, like, your parents' accent or, like, you know, like, why does my mom freaking give me, like, a torta for lunch when all I want is a Lunchable, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, always constantly having to explain and feel kind of, like, different, um, but I think for me, I think what ended up happening is like, I think like the farther away I moved away from culture, for example, like, you know, I'm very white passing, but I think like when I would find myself more in like white spaces and like more at a distance from culture, I think that's when I started to miss it more. And I think like really, really be like able to appreciate it and like have a different respect for it. And I think like that's really what changed for me is like, missing culture so that I was able to like appreciate it and really like all its complexities. When you think of your brand, how do you, what do you think represents like that? I guess those kind of like three generations, like your parents, yourself, and like kind of where you are now and like where our culture is now, right? Where there's more, more pride, there's more representation, like, I, I'm not sure if like one product can represent that or one phrase, but is there something that for you when you see it and, or when you, when, when you created it that you kind of saw those three generations? Um, so I think like I will forever like, you know, love our Virgencita jacket, which is like our first jacket that we launched with. 
which is like a essentially like a denim jacket with um, a sequin embellishment of La Virgen de Guadalupe on the back. And I think like that jacket is like very special to like not just like the brand history and identity, but just like I think of like I think what Latinx culture is in America. So for example, like I always say this, but like there's nothing more Mex to me. There's nothing more Mexican than La Virgen de Guadalupe and there's nothing more American to me than denim. Mm. And so I think when I really wear that jacket it's you know, it's like modern, it's contemporary, you know, it, I think it like looks fashion forward and it feels like with the time, but there's like something so obnoxiously loud and proud and Mexican about it in the back. So I think that for me, it, and also considering this political climate, it's like really important for me to be both. It's like really important for me to like um, be super loud Mexican, but also to like feel American and to feel like the sense of belonging and to feel that I can be equally both mm-hmm. um, and have to be like more or less of each identity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think like a lot of customers feel that same way when they like see or you can see that jacket or when they wear it. I think they feel like really complete and like this jacket really like sums them up as a person. When you created that and you started and people started buying it and it started, I guess, becoming popular. And then after that, it seems like it started evolving into more products, right? Was there any type of emotion that came over you? Like I'm accepted or see that we need to be represented. Like were there any emotions after? Cause I think in the beginning you were just kind of trying to do it for yourself. Um, but then when people started gravitating more to it, was there like an emotion of, of that came over you? Like, oh, look, people do want to be represented or I am accepted. Like, were there any feelings that came up for you? Then this is more than just a jacket. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, I think when I started this business, like I didn't really know where this was going. I didn't, I felt confident of the market and I felt confident of like what the like young Latina buyer looked like and what they were interested in. But I didn't really see the vision all the way through. And I think like once, you know, like I actually started making some money. I think that's when I realized like, okay, like this could really be a lifestyle. Like, you know, like I started with this one product, but like, what would it look like if we like Latina fi like your entire wardrobe, you know, your entire closet, you know, we start doing accessories and jewelry and purses. Um, you know, I think that, you know, seeing how excited people were for a jacket made me more curious. Okay, like how excited can we get these girls about like a necklace that says Latinx or a necklace that says Colombia mm-hmm. and just like, really explore how we can bring people closer to culture through fashion. And you talk a lot about confidence and I, so where I met you was that you were at this event and what I really liked about you is that you talked about like the difficulties of being a business owner, of having a business that grew from something and then now you know what it is. So the vision is clear. And the reason I bring that up is because I think for all of us, when we're very passionate about something and, you know, we start out, definitely all these doubts also come up. Was there moments that you had doubts that you questioned what you were doing that you even maybe had let fear stop you? Um, I think like the doubts really came, I think like less from 
like they were the doubts weren't as internal as they were external so for example like I think like I always really liked what I was creating and building but you know I think like once you create a business like you're always going to have somebody that tells you like that's too expensive or like why do you charge that or like just give you this attitude and this I don't know, wants to like argue with you about like your value and your price and your time. And I think like, which is normal. And I understand like, that's just how things are, but that obviously really hurts, you know, when you work really hard and then someone still thinks that it's not good enough and that that's too expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, That like really, and I think like definitely moments like that got to me, but I think that I've always been like super staunch when it came to like pricing and like really respecting my value and time and worth. And I, and I think it's a blessing like for me to be that stubborn because like, I think once I started really respecting my time and value, like other people started recognizing that. Mm -hmm. And I think like, it's also, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but I think that it's important to be able to talk about like, also like why do you charge that way you know and have like a really um you know like not just like feel like the doubt and like this like kind of disappointed that other people are like giving you a hard time about your price but like you know you have like a healthy dialogue and conversation like this is why I price this way and like this is like the things that I do and like I pay my employees this and blah 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 and I think like you know this doubt that other people were giving me I definitely turned it into like a healthy conversation that like I hope they carry on the next time they like want to question like a small business owner sorry that was like really long <laughs> oh, that, I, I love that I love that because for me I think the thing that we we aren't talking about is that we see your brand and when you look at it it's amazing see the representation you get it you gravitate the colors the marketing everything but we see the pre, but we don't see what you went through. And the fact that you right. and, and you as a Latina and you, you know, coming up with, with these products for other Latinas and then being questioned, <laughs> why is this so much? Why are you charging? And you saying, listen, um, I'm not going to get upset. What I'm going to do is actually go back and create my own self-dialogue of why I am charging this much and I have to be okay with it because you're not going to be the only one questioning me. And I think when it comes to a lot of things, like not just like with you charging that for a jacket, right? For your time, your value and all of that. But I also noticed that with, with spiritual entrepreneurs, with all entrepreneurs, it's like being questioned about your worth, right? And your time and all of this stuff coming up. And I like that you talked about that you turned around and started doing some self-reflection. And then after that, you were like, listen, I'm okay with charging that. <laughs> so when that, when those moments happen, how do you keep going when you are getting like pushback, right? Were things like selling slowly and then it started to pick back up? Like what kind of reaffirm for you? Like, listen, the price is the price and maybe the person isn't my customer and maybe this other customer will get it. Like, was there ever a time within that, like that there was maybe a little bit of fear, maybe a little bit of like, Oh man, maybe I am charging too much or like, what do you do in that point when you know that you're right? I mean, I think for me, it's like really important too to like put ego aside. And like, I think, you know, it's really important to be in touch with like customer concern, like even if they're like positive or negative, um, and just like really like listen to like where that person's coming from and 
And I think, like, once I, like, really tried to, like, level with them, like, you know, like, the decision's up to me at the end of the day, right? Like, how I want to deal with it. And, you know, like, as for, we, we do get, like, feedback or, like, negative feedback. Like, that's normal. But I think for, like, every one negative comment or every, like, one negative feedback, we get, like, hundreds of, like, positive feedback. So I think, like, it's really important to see, like, what the customer like what the general customer feedback and behaviors like because I think like that at the end of the day like speaks volumes and you know like I want to stay positive but at the same time it's like okay like I, I really do need to listen to these concerns and like where can we meet in the middle and like you know like you know not everyone can afford a $165 jacket so then we implemented a shop now pay later option you know and which is interest free and so um it's about taking the feedback and then applying it to your business and like really thinking about it too at the end of the day i love that you brought up ego because that's that's another thing that's come up how did you um recognize that listen this is ego and what i'm gonna do did you were you always that aware of what is ego and what is like i guess your intuition do you know how to tell the difference and like how do you work through that and how would you I know it's like a three-part question now. <laughs> and how would you tell others who are maybe new new entrepreneurs and they're dealing with this? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard, right? Like I think for me it's like I always say this, like I'm not an artist. Like at the end of the day, like I'm an entrepreneur. So if I'm not in aware of like what my customers are saying or like what my customers are thinking, like I'm not really doing my job. Like I'm not here just making products just because I think they look pretty and just like for servicing like my ego and like my wants and vision. That's not what I'm here to do. And yeah, I think for me, it's like really understanding like what's the goal here? Is the goal for me to just make pretty stuff or is the goal here for me to make a successful business? And for me to create a successful business, I really have to listen to what the customer wants and um, I guess like that's at the end of the day, like that's always going to be my priority. And so I think understanding what your goal, what your priority is. And I think like your ego is going to have to like be put aside oftentimes because your ego isn't always going to be the priority. Right. So I think that's kind of how I look at it. I love that. And so that has that always been like your model for you? Like, and that's like how I guess in the beginning, because I know a lot of people are starting out and they're not kind of like, oh, I already have a store already. And a lot of people too that listen come kind of from like the nine to five. So the mentality is different, right? We go to a nine to five, we know exactly what to do. There are steps for us, right? And I, I think a lot of the times we're not really in that maybe creative mode or in that mode, or maybe not even as attached to, to, to a certain product. And then when we do start getting creative and we start creating things and then these things come up like, okay, my customer's saying this and I'm taking it really personal. <laughs> so is there like a time, I guess, for you where you recognize that and what did that look like for you? I do. Okay. Like now that you're asking this, I do remember like, remember I, uh, there was like this customer who was like talking on a phone, not a customer. This is like a follower, I guess. Like talking on her, tagging her friend on one of her posts. Like and they were just having this full on conversation in my comments about how like we were so expensive. And I think that I like kind of snapped 
I like hate to admit it now. I'm like so embarrassed, but I think I definitely snapped and I definitely like put my ego first. And I said, you know, like some sassy comment and like really petty at the end of the day, like super petty. And I think it's like moments like that, that like, ugh, are so cringy. And like, I totally regret having, but I think at the end of the day, like, I think those are markers of like my entrepreneurial journey of how like, you know, like it's important to like, be you can't be an entrepreneur if you're just so in your head you know what I mean and so like about your feelings like you know maybe I didn't like what the these girls were talking about but like at the end of the day like there's that's that's still a valid conversation and I need to like still kind of honor that right like (laughs) like I'm allowed to educate them I'm allowed to give them a custom like a coupon code if I want I'm allowed to talk about like our shop now pay later option. Like there's so many other ways to have a conversation with these girls that doesn't involve me putting ego first. And I think that's like one of like many instances where like, like I've grown, you know, like I've, I've learned to put like my feelings aside and like really honor, you know, like the valid comments of, you know, these other like critics. Yeah. What do you do for you? now like in order for you like as far as your self-care because it's grown into this thing where it's not just you anymore right you have employees this is a business now you have marketing and you talk to us about how you have people like that help you with your social media and then you know how when it comes to your emails you only answer them once a week so that you make sure that you take care of you how does someone and you know specifically like a woman like yourself do self-care when you get to this point right when it is a full business like how do you take care of you so that you continue to be able to come from a space of honoring what people have to say and recognizing that you know ego can come up right because if we don't have time for self-reflection then we're just reacting to stuff so how do you having everything that it looks like you now have on your plate make time for yourself and to do that reflection. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think I, like everyone else, like has like a pretty complicated uh, relationship, I think with like self and like self-care. Um, I'm still kind of, I think I'm figuring out what that looks like for me. You know, I, you know, I kind of talked about this at like our talk where I met you, but you know, like self-care for me, like isn't really like bubble baths and like a glass of wine. Like, that stresses me out. (laughs) Like, I think self-care for me is like on a smaller scale, you know, it's like literally like 15 minutes, you know, in between like the time I like, I don't know, from the like last email that I checked to the time that I could go into bed, you know, and like really enjoying those 15 minutes before I knock out or like, I don't know, even taking like 30 minutes to just like listen to music you know not even like multitasking like not even listening to music and checking email just like really enjoying the stupid reggaeton song (laughs) like I don't know for me it's like really enjoying these like simple pleasures um that really helps me like really 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 being present Mm -hmm. um I don't have to like buy anything like I don't have to like spend any money or like clean my bathtub it's just like really enjoying these small moments and you know, like I mentioned to you, like I was just in Europe and like, I feel super privileged to have done that. And I think like that was like 
honestly like I joke but it was like my sabbatical like I felt like I really got a chance like really 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 disconnect and just like get to be alone and really get to know myself and just like have some clarity what did you learn when you were over there that maybe you hadn't had a chance to like reconnect back with you you don't mind sharing yeah I think I really learned this is going to sound silly but like I learned to be alone you know I think that especially in my career like um I'm, there's so many moving parts and there's so many people that I need to talk to and work with and send an email to and check in with and which is great and important but it was just like so nice to just like be alone and like really get to know myself and like I don't know like <laughs> not really have to need anybody for anything felt really really good um I don't know it just felt like a vacation just with like me and Patty. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about you? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm getting all like, I'm blushing. <laughs> um, I think that my favorite thing about me is like my clarity. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I don't know. I think that I just see my vision so clearly. Um, I just, everything that I've ever wanted just has always felt so obtainable to me you know like maybe the path has always been a little blurry but I think like the end goal like I've just always known what that looks like and I think I really like my ability to follow through and just like be really ambitious I think I think what I like about you is the clarity as well I really admire that Thanks. what is it that that kind of when you're in your body you're like oh I'm so annoyed with myself right now but you've learned to accept I think that I can definitely be like very hard on myself in terms of like what I get done on a day-to-day -day basis you know like oh like you know I didn't get to check everything off my to-do list and then like you know I'm in bed and then I like I really kind of hate myself for it and I'm already like you know thinking about how that's going to ruin the next day and I think, like, that's a quality that, like, ugh, I don't like about myself is just, like, how unforgiving I am. And I think, like, how I just, like, let my mind race when I really don't have to. And what do you do to calm yourself down in those moments now that you have, like, the self-awareness that you can be really hard on yourself? I don't know. I always think about things, like, on a micro. I try to think about things, like, on a micro level, like, really like what's the worst thing that could possibly happen like you have to send like you know I apologize this is late email and like I guess like that's not really like that serious or like you know what I mean like is like being a couple hours late really the end of the world and you know are other people going to be as hard on me as like I am on, on myself and I think when I really look at it from that like detached perspective like um, the severity like really isn't that big of a deal so yeah I think like really kind of like detaching myself from like I guess the negativity is what helps me like ground myself again what do you think Patty looked like in the beginning when it came to leadership and and having employees and all of that and how has that like evolved to now yeah I think um I think I've come a long way um you'd have to ask like 
the people who've worked for me, but I think I've come a long way. I think I've definitely like, I'm a Virgo, so I'm like definitely a control freak and like my way or the highway. But I think I've like really learned to like let go and just really kind of also like celebrate other people's vision, you know, and like really see how like theirs could be complimentary to mine or like pop, like very much like better than mine. Um, like that's been nice, you know, it's like letting, putting my, again, like putting my ego aside to like really like trust other people is like very, very uh, beautiful, I think. And I think is like a really good sign of like a founder and like, I'm not like a good founder and I don't think I'm definitely like the best leader, but I think I'm always trying to be, and I'm doing a better job of like listening and just like quieting myself. Do you remember like the moment where, because you, like you said, you admire like your clarity and your vision, maybe the path was a little blurry, but your vision was always like clear to you. When people started coming in and they had their own ideas, how did you come to terms to be able to trust someone with something that, that you had created? And like, how do you trust others, right? And trust their vision and that it kind of aligns with yours? Because I know for a lot of, you know, business owners, it's very hard for them to let go and share it <laughs> with someone. Do you know how you, I guess, kind of came to terms to trusting the vision, sharing the vision, and how that felt for you? Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I think the people that I've always worked with are people who, maybe they don't know me, maybe they don't necessarily like totally understand the vision, but they they love it or like they feel attached to it or they feel like a special connection to it. And because I think at the end of the day, like you can teach vision. I think like you can teach people because the vision at the end of the day, those are goals. Like mm -hmm. those are milestones. Those are really obtainable. And I think you can teach vision, but I don't think you can teach someone work ethic. Like I don't think you can teach someone like to love like the reason to love the why to like love the why we're doing this and why this is important so I think for me it's like I've always hired based on like impressive skill set or complementary skill set and like does this person feel invested in the problem that I'm trying to solve with this company and if the answer is yes like I need to work with this person and if they don't really care about like you know Latinx culture or they don't really care about uh you know, like destruct or sorry, um, retail or e-commerce, then like maybe this isn't the right fit. Like we only need people who are like crazy in love mm -hmm. with this problem and solution. What's your why? I think our why is definitely we're creating more Latina representation in fashion because we don't get to see that, you know, at H&M. We don't get to see that where we normally shop. And I think it's our job at Isa de Tu Madre to create the space that we've always wanted because, like, we spend more money than any other, like, ethnic or racial group. So why don't we get to feel represented and seen in the models and in the apparel and in the T-shirts? So that's why we do Isa de Tu Madre. I got chills. Chills <laughs> <laughs> right now. My question for you is, I don't know if you ever handled the money that you're handling now, 
and obviously I'm not going to ask you for numbers, but I always wonder, because I know I've hit my own roadblocks as I grow, um, there'll be questions that come up for me, like, who do you think you are? You don't know this. There's people more qualified than you. Like all this stuff will come up about worth and about charging. Did you ever have these money blocks? And did you ever have like being worthy? I know you were confident in that. Um, when these things came up or like, did they come up for you? And if they did, what did you do to kind of get over those blocks that maybe never even came up for you before? Does that make sense? Like for me, when I went into the corporate world, I started making more money than my parents combined. And I was okay with that because I had a daughter to raise. But I now understand had I not had my daughter, I think I would have had major blocks. Like she was my reason why I was okay with making all that money. And now as an entrepreneur, because my daughter's in college and on her own, I'm having to deal with like my old stories and my blocks. So I'm just wondering if for you, these blocks came up and how you dealt with them and kind of like how you got through them. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think there's definitely been like a very few, mo very, like very few moments in my career where I'm like, whoa, like I literally made more money than, yeah, like my parents combined. And I think that it really puts things in perspective, like, whoa, like, and also like my parents work really hard, you know, like, I think it really puts things in perspective of like, you know, the opportunities that I've been able to have and how, you know, for me to get those opportunities, one is such a privilege, but two, it's like, I feel like there's not a lot of room for me to fail because there's so many people rooting for me too, you know, and I think that, um, like, I also feel this, like, really strong pressure to, like, keep growing this company and really getting this as far as possible because, like, for me to get these opportunities and for me to grow, I think, is also an opportunity for me to, like, share the wealth, you know, and, like, hire more staff from our community, like, definitely, like, collaborate more with other people in our community and just, like, to keep paving the way. So I think that for me, it's, like, more about, like, m moving these blocks so that like we can like keep so we can all keep growing right and it sounds like having something that's bigger than you like your community right and the, and it sounds like even a bigger why is what's helping you with these blocks or maybe like I don't have time for these blocks <laughs> keep on with it. oh yeah I definitely get that something that that kind of came up when you were talking is a question about who is Patty outside Hija de tu Madre? Oh man. That's like honestly like a really hard question for me to answer. And I think that, you know, I've been working on this company for almost three years and I think that I'm the type of person that gets like so super consumed with work and um, I really kind of like lose myself because I'm so invested in work. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know, to be honest. I think like that's where I'm at right now. It's like I'm really kind of learning like who Patty is like without Hija de tu Madre. Mm -hmm. That is like such a concept to me like that I don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. um, I think like to be honest, like I'm really trying to figure out like what my worth is mm -hmm. um, if I'm not attached 
to this company or this name. And it's like a little bit depressing and I think a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm really figuring it out. Thank you. I love you for saying that. I really do. <laughs> I think like for a lot of us, um, I had a girlfriend. I mean, she has, I'm going to have her back on the podcast. She had, she left her nine to five. She created this business for kids. And then that evolved into her creating retreats all over the world. Like that's her business. She travels the world, does retreats for women. And even she got to a point of like questioning, is there more? And like, like having that guilt of like, I'm living the dream, right? But at the same time, it's like, who am I outside of this? And I think that's always evolving for us, like getting to know ourselves. And once we hit, okay, this was a vision. I did the vision. You know, what am I outside of this vision? Because definitely I am more than this, right? But I've been so consumed with it that maybe I lost myself a little bit and I just need to get back to me and maybe detach myself a little bit to find me again. And I, and I love that you share that. And I love that women come on and share these like vulnerable moments of like, listen, I'm still figuring it out. You may go to my Instagram and you may see me in Paris, but I'm a person, I'm always evolving and I'm always trying to find my way back to me. And who I am outside of this is bigger than my business. This is just a part of it. And I'm sharing part of it with you, but that doesn't mean that's who I am. And I'm still figuring it out, you know? So I so appreciate you saying that. And I just, for people that are hearing, but I, you know, as, you know, a woman as a Latina, I appreciate that because I really admire what you're doing. And that's why I wanted to have you on. So I appreciate you for being open. Oh. To that. Um, so we're the end no thank you so we're coming to the end and I always ask my guests just this like few questions because I'm now I'm leaning more to this like feminine goddess energy for us so I'm just wondering for you how do you connect to your inner child oh my god I think definitely through like my humor I think that like my humor is very much like outrageous and like obnoxious and a little uncensored and I think I think that's kind of when I feel like most myself too is like when I'm able to like make fun of myself or like the stupid unfortunate events that happen in my life I think that really like grounds me and makes me feel like a kid again and kind of just like makes me feel like me love that and how do you Patty connect to your feminine energy Oh, how do I connect to my feminine energy? I think, to be quite honest, I think that I feel like the most connected to like my feminine energy when I'm like around other, a lot of other like strong feminine energy. So for example, like, you know, like I have really like badass, like Latin entrepreneur friends. And I feel like when we get together, like, even if it's not work related, even if it's not business related, I just feel so charged up you know, and I feel so seen, and I feel so, like, <sighs> like, you get me, and I just feel so complete, I think, so I think I, like, really feed off of other women, for sure. How did you build the community that, like, that you have now? What do you think would be, like, for someone that's in your position, right, looking for kind of, like, your tribe of women, what would you say would be like the first few steps you would suggest to someone to finding that community? 
Yeah, I think it's really important to be of service. So I think like, you know, it's like really easy to like, you know, like want to like be friends or like want to like invite someone to out to coffee and like, you know, pick their brain or like ask them questions. But I think like for me, the relationships that I have found to be the most meaningful are the ones where like I initiate giving, you know, like, hey, like I noticed that you're doing this, like love to donate product or like, hey, I saw that you're like working on that project. Like, let me know if you need help. And I think like really like putting myself out there of just like, you know, just like being generous with like my time or like, I don't know, experience. Like, I think like that's how I've really been able to build like awesome friendships that are like super mutually beneficial. And as opposed to like me, like, you know, asking for something right off the bat. So I think like that's kind of like what's worked for me for sure. I'm Patty Delgado, and I'm the founder of Hijo de tu Madre, and you can keep up with all things Hijo de tu Madre at hijodetumadre.com or on Instagram at hijodetumadre. And then if you want to keep up with my foolishness, you can follow me at Party Skinny on Instagram.